Welcome, everybody, to the 13th episode and edition of Bayjack and Brown Hoops Up and Down podcast. It is September 16th, 2020. We thank you for joining us for this great episode called Next Move. Folks, me and Bob are joined by, I, would, I wouldn't say a, necessarily a guest, but a, definitely a friend of the program, Matthew Wells, the sports reporter and former editor um, at the College of the Page out of DeKalb, Illinois. Uh, and we will momentarily be joined by the host with the most, Bobo, Bob Bajek, the king of Malcolm, Nebraska. Today we have a great program for you in store, folks. We're going to break down, now that we're in the conference finals, what the teams who are just eliminated from the bubble, what's next for them? Some of those teams like your Houston Rockets, your Brooklyn Nets, what their next moves are as far as their coaching moves, their free agency, and also maybe what positions or needs that that might fill in the draft. We also want to give you our Facebook question, listener question of the week, and also give you the results from last week. And folks, we listeners, we appreciate you. You actually got us a brand new sponsor and segment. Of course, you can listen to the Bayjack and Brown Hoops Up and Down podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and our brand new affiliate is Altel.com. So thank you listeners out there and viewers on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we're almost at 300 faithful uh, listeners each week. And we want, I want to welcome in right now our featured guest for this show, Mr. Matthew Wells. How you doing, young man? See, uh, you know, uh, I'm all right. Um, and I can uh, tell you one thing uh, that I'm uh, feeling a whole lot nicer right now than, uh, than the great uh, Doc Rivers. Whoa. Uh-oh. Now wait, now, wait a minute now, Mr. Matthew Wells, you are, you are a Chicago native, correct? Yeah, yes. Well, then, I mean, how can you go against your fellow your fellow Chicagoan? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that uh, – <clears throat> yeah, I'm not saying that I would find a reason for him to leave L.A., but I'm just saying that in case that uh, – see, in case that happens – um, that, um, uh, well, I would say is that his uh, seat should feel a bit hotter now than it was, say, last week. Well, Matt, and I, I definitely agree. I know that yourself and myself and Bob were speaking last night uh, via text message, and I'm sure, like yourself, we, we all were texting other people who follow the game. I, I, I'm not really sure, Matt, if there will be a lot of changes because especially – like, you know, of course, what's going on with the pandemic and things of that nature. I'm not sure if they may want to shake up that front office that much. I think that Steve Ballmer may trust Doc Rivers. I think they have, it seems like from the outside looking in, they have a good relationship. And he, I think everybody's so quick to want Doc Rivers to exit because of his past failures in 2015. And we know the Clippers struggles in the playoffs, but I don't think he's really going anywhere. But, Matthew, I would want to welcome in the man, the co-host of the year, and the former colleague of the year, the editor of the year, Mr. Bob Bajek. Hi, welcome, Bob. What's happening, guys? We're ready to rock and roll. Matt Matt is warmed up. He's he's warmer than uh, Lou Williams in the strip club, so he's ready to go. <laughs> and he's got a lot more time to spend now. I'm yep. sorry, listeners. I know I said I was going to dial it back. I'm, that was very inappropriate. I'm sorry on a... On a worship Wednesday, I apologize. 
<laughs> Bobby, let's get down to business. So we just, I'm sure we lost. <laughs> I'm excited there because we actually got a new, we got a new affiliate. Our, as me and Matthew were telling the, the, the listeners, of course, they can hear us, Bajek Bay- and Brown on the Google podcast, also anchor.fm, but we gained a new affiliate in Altel.com. So we're up to like eight uh, platforms you can listen to Bajek and Brown. Bob, of course, the, the moment of the, the moment right now is the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Matthew was saying he feels better than Doc Rivers did a night before. But we want to know, Bob, what were your takes from that game last night? I mean, that was incredible to see the odds-on favorite to make the NBA Finals out of the West, the Clippers, go down, but in such dramatic fashion. It, it's very puzzling because I know you and I thought when they got up 3-1 and the last two wins that they had to get up to that point, they dominated defensively where they were actually choking out the Nuggets. And it just seemed like on games five through seven, they had these leads in the second half and they were very good leads and they just couldn't buy any shots and they were not playing well. It seemed like they were playing tight. And on the other hand, the Nuggets started choking them out. I mean, when you were watching that game and they played very well in the second quarter, the, the Clippers did what happened was the Nuggets had it tight and that was with Jamal Murray just going super Saiyan on everybody and getting all those buckets. I mean, his, his running hook, I think I was texting you guys this was just so beautiful, kind of reminded me of Steph. Like he's even maybe wanting up Steph on that department. And he got them within two. And I'm like, well, you know, if they're not going to go away early in the third, the Clippers might be starting to feel it. And what what happened was just that Murray and Jokic, they just took over the game. And it. I knew they were super in trouble when they just hit two threes in a row and it was a nine-point game. And it just looked like there was disbelief in everybody's face, no urgency. I do think Doc Rivers, how he coaches, he wants to be as even keel as possible because I think he's sure. the, the belief that – and we got to remember this too, guys. When he was with the those great Celtics teams, he won a title and he almost won a second one. If the if their leg's going to give out in 2010, you should say, you know, they could have won two. They just played poorly that fourth quarter. Um, I mean, he's a successful coach, and I think his philosophy is just that – he wants to have good relations with his players and have just use logic and teamwork and communication instead of just yelling at people. But I mean, I, I do think some urgency could have helped in that game. What do you guys think? Well, fellas, of course, the, you know, Matt the, and Bob, the title of this episode is the next move. And that's why I was going to lead into it, Bob, with there with Matt, because uh, now they, their, their entire roster fellas is very interesting is that they have, uh, a lot of their key pieces are free agents with uh, Marcus Morris, uh, Jamichael Green, Reggie Jackson, your guys, the Chicago favorite, Joakim Noah, and also the sixth man of the year, uh, Montrez Harrell. Uh, these are all key clogs in their lineup. Matt, how do you see, as Bob was saying, how do you see what their next move would be? I know we spoke a little bit about Doc Rivers, but do you see them maybe trading in these pieces to get draft picks, or do you think that they should stay intact, Matt? See, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, one. Uh, I, mean, I really think that one really huge uh, question um, will be uh, how much do they believe in that Patrick Beverly to be the whole point guard? I say that because for me, I because for me, I really like him. I think he works well in uh, L.A. 
Um, uh, but I read some articles throughout uh, today. Uh, I know one of them was from uh, John, was from uh, John Hollinger from The Athletic. Let's see, uh, and the thing is, uh, he was saying, "Well, like, uh, can you imagine if?" Um, I mean, can you imagine if L.A. had uh, Goran uh, Dragic uh, there for the point guard as well? Um, uh, uh, the thing is, his thought behind that was uh, with how tired that uh, Kawhi looked, with how tired that Paul George looked, and the fact that she's on them to make the offense uh, to uh, make the offense go on both off. Sorry. Um, to uh, make the offense go okay. as well as uh, to make the defense stop. Uh, uh, were they just yeah, tired, and uh, did they just need? Uh, did they just need a real playmaker at the point guard position? Uh, for me, I'm not sure if uh, Beverly is really that uh, playmaker. Um, uh, uh, and the thing is, uh, the point really makes sense. And I say that because when you've seen the Heat. Um, uh, when the Heat has sort of gotten stagnant, then they throw it out to Goron. Um, yes, when uh, right. teams outside of that it gets sort of stagnant, okay, they throw it to their point guard. Uh, I mean, if Portland is stagnant, they throw it to Lillard. You know, if Absolutely. the Spurs were stagnant years and years ago, they threw it to Parker. Uh, you know, and uh, Parker would make it work. For me, I don't think that you know, Patrick is really the guy who is going to be the one who's going to make it work offensively. Sure, he made some great plays uh, defensively in the fourth uh, quarter that uh, gave me some belief that there would be a comeback um, starting the brew. But then later on, when you see uh, Kawhi Leonard go against, you know, uh, what, a six-one or six-foot-two Monte Morris uh, for that uh, – uh, uh, for that uh, floater, and the ball uh, barely makes uh, contact with the rim. You know, it really makes you think that they really need an uh, offensive uh, point guard. And really, I have no idea where they'd be uh, going with that um, because they have no real draft uh, capital. Um, they are probably maxed out when it comes to contracts uh, besides the players that they re-sign. And, um, uh, uh, I mean, if they want to, um, if they want to keep, uh, Paul George and uh, Kawhi a few more years, then they're uh, going in to save, um, in order to keep them there. So. Yeah. Bob, Matt made a perfect point there too, Bob. I was going to hit on that, that as Bob or Matt previously mentioned, Bob, the Clippers only have one pick and it's the 57th pick. Sure. I know you guys informed me off air that, you know, that was a lot of that was in the, Oklahoma City trade. And as Matt Perfectly set you up for it with the roster that's pretty much, you know, kind of cash trapped with their free agent options and not a lot of value in the draft, what can they do to improve? I think what they have to do is just do anything they can to keep Montres Harrell. He's he's a gamer, great player. He he played with a lot of passion even when the team was struggling. Twenty-six years old. They only had him for six million dollars, folks. And I He's going to be in line for a huge raise, but they have to do anything to do that. And I think with their competitive window, Steve Ballmer would go in the tax for them. Now, Marcus Morris is another one. He had a one-year contract for $15 million. It depends if they could get him around that rate or a little lower, though I do think 
with how well he's played, he would want to still make bank, uh, especially in this economy. And, and I think teams would be willing to pay for him. It, I think you just have to improve on the margins, guys. I mean, their roster is so talented. All of this was probably chemistry, effort, and, I mean, just not good teamwork. At, at, when you saw that they could get the Nuggets for three games in a row and had leads, healthy leads, in the third quarter and come up short all the time, that I don't necessarily think that it would get improved with just better players or maybe tougher players. I just think some of it was continuity and maybe they just need to have this, uh, this lump in the road because coming next year, continuity is going to be very important because you're going to have shorter camps and maybe even another short season. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's up to what they want to do, but I do think the first line of business, they got to get Harold back. If he's not back, they're okay. in trouble. And folks, remember you listen to the Bajic and Brown Hoops Up and Down podcast. We are live here on September 16, 2020. This is episode number 13. And Bob, I can't let the Clippers go without saying that again, you were right because as we informed Matthew last night, we could have called this, you know, unlucky 13 with the James Harden episode if we were still in a prompt or a lead from the, the two legends, Arky Shea and Joe Cortez in basketball by association, or we could call it the Vincent Price episode, Invisible Man, Bob, Paul George, number 13. What are your final thoughts on this chapter and the Invisible Man's segment? Oh, oh man. Like, it, it's just very – I mean, it's questionable. I don't know how he gets this. And it has well, to be even suspect or criminal outside of questionable. Yeah, it's, it's – he is such a great player. Like, I, you know, folks, Steve and I have been friends for such a long time, and we would go to the bars and – watch um, Paul George go against LeBron w- with those really good Pacers teams. And Paul yeah, I went to the best with chicken wings with Lou Williams. That's all. <laughs> and Exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, George, he played so he great. Doesn't bars at all, folks, because he doesn't go to bars. <laughs> He's not, he wasn't afraid of LeBron. He'd get 30, 40 points and play great defense and be a good facilitator. And I don't know if some of this is just because he's had a litany of injuries in his career. I mean, he had that horrific leg injury for um, USA Basketball a few years back. And then um, for a couple playoffs in a row, it was just these bad shoulder injuries that he recently had surgery. So I don't know if some of this, too, could be just a fatigue thing or he has some big physical limitations where some games he pl- he feels great and he can get. even He just needs to even get to that 20-point range to be effective and I think what he scored 10 and they were missing shots left and right in the fourth quarter they were 0 and 10 that was getting rockets bad I, I'm more in the guys I'm gonna close on the Clippers but I, I was more concerned about the disconnect in the post-game interviews you can tell that there uh, to quote Brian Winhurst of ESPN there's got to be something terribly wrong when the head coach Doc Rivers Paul George and Kawhi Leonard all basically get three different uh, answers to the same type of questions. So for something eternally has to be wrong with the Doc Rivers to say that that was a this was a make or break season this was championship or bust and for Paul George to really kind of you know for lack of a better term going to excuse mode saying that he's never been in these situations and the pressure got to him but at the same time in the same breath he says that's what we look forward to that just doesn't seem like the makeup of the character of a and I'm not going to say call Paul George a superstar. I'm going to call him a, a very good player and an all-star. 
I don't think he's done anything to solidify being a superstar, but he is a, one of the top 20 players in the league. But in, in closing on that, folks, I think that there's some listeners or something very wrong within that organization and within their core of guys. Folks, we saw a great uh, seven-game series between the defending champion Toronto Raptors and the Boston Celtics. And that's where we're going to go next, fellas. Maddie, can you tell us about the Toronto Raptors? It seems like, of course, Nick Nurse just got the extension, so they're okay with coaching. Uh, they kind of have that standard, uh, you know, Chicago Bulls, San Antonio Spurs feel in the draft. They've got the 29th and 59th pick. Maddie, do you think there's any type, anything they can get in the draft, any type of player that would help them get back to the finals? See, uh, well, I'm uh, glad that you uh, were. Uh, <clears throat> see, I'm uh, glad that you saw with me about uh, Toronto, and I said because I was uh, staring at this one site. I think it's the Canadian version of NBA.com. Um, Folks, Matthew was international. I'm Canadian, honest. He is international. <laughs> See, uh, but uh, anyway, um, uh, one of the players that they said, and uh, I forget where he's from, but one of the players that they said for uh, potential uh, draft picks to be available that late would be uh, uh-huh. Desmond. That oh, would be uh, um, and again, I'm not sure where he's from, but uh, Desmond Bain. Um, because apparently in uh, college, yeah, guys shot 43% from three. Okay. Um, as well as the guys either 6'6 six, six or 6'7 six, and about 2'10 uh, or 2'15. So really he's a taller version of uh, OG. And, uh, I mean, uh, really he's a taller version of uh, OG Ananobi. Um, okay. Uh, and if they have the ability to get a wing like that to pair with uh, Pascal Siakam and uh, OG Ananobi and Norman Powell, and of course, uh, and of course uh, Lowry, who's uh, still uh, still there, you know, uh, that would be a really really good place to start. Um, regardless of what happens with Fred VanVleet. Um, right. who, of course, is now up for a new uh, contract and should receive a real hefty one. Matt, that's a great segue, and that's what I was going to talk ask Bob about quickly. Uh, uh, Bob, on this, as Matt broke down that perfectly. Now, they have 11 free agents on their roster. The Raptors may have the most – them and the Bucks have the most free agents, but the guys in their rotation, Bob, are Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, as Matt aforementioned, Fred Van Fleet, Stanley Johnson, Rondé Howard-Jefferson, and Chris Bosher. Uh, do you see any moves? Uh, of course, you know, Nick Nurse is secure. Uh, Bob, or Matt gave a great analysis of the potential draft pick. What else can the Raptors do uh, to improve that roster? I think what's going to happen is they might want to try to get Serge Ibaka, even if it's for big money for a couple years, maybe a little less for three years. He's 30 years old. He's still got some gas in the tank. Gasol, I think he might go unless he takes a steep haircut, which maybe he would because he's had really good contracts in his career. But just what he does is valuable. He could even get $15 million on another team. But he was about um, $25.5 million this year. And, guys, you don't remember, he was injured so much of the season. And if there was not a stoppage of play, he, he probably would not have even been ready for the playoffs. It would have been sketch. So I don't know if they could really count on his health. So extending Ibaka would be the smarter move. Um, I do think they want to keep Van Vliet um, since they have his bird rights, even if they go over the cap. 
um, you know, they, they can still retain him. Um, it depends how strong the market is. And it might be quite strong, guys, because um, there are some opt-outs, but I do think most people are going to exercise um, their player options uh, just for that cash certainty. And if that happens, Van Vliet's going to be one of the top free agents because then the only ways you're going to really improve would be the draft or free agency. So it depends. Um, the market is kind of weaker so it depends if teams want to pay him more or less. It seems like he does like Toronto, but obviously we know this is a business, so it depends what they want to do. Uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson's a great defender. I do think they want to try to bring him back too. It's going to be hard, guys, to bring him back all these guys, but probably Ibaka, Van Vliet, and Jefferson might be your your top guys. And listeners, again, you listen to Basic or Brown Hoops Up and Down podcast. 13th edition. Make sure you, you go, uh, join in with us on Facebook for our Facebook question of the week, which we'll get to in our next segment, the second segment. Also, we'll give you the results from last week's question. Uh, who was better in their prime between Grant Hill and Derrick Rose, barring injuries? And stay tuned for our, the second segment, folks. We also have our story time at the end. And also, we might even bring in Bob's subplots. But we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Come right back with with Bobo and Maddie, Matthew Wells. We're going to break down Luca, Luca and Giannis. They're both fishing in Malcolm, Nebraska. They're waiting on Bob to get there on Friday. And we will be back with you folks soon. Basic and Brown Hoops Up and Down Podcast, Episode 13. Welcome welcome back, folks, to our second and Brown Hoops Up and Down Podcast. This is Episode Number 13. We, of course, are joined by a friend of the show and colleague, Matthew Wells, a sports reporter and former editor. Uh, we're discussing our on this episode, the next move. We're discussing the breakdowns and analysts of what the playoff teams who are eliminated from the bubble in Orlando, uh, what they should do next. We, of course, want to thank you fa- fans, listeners out there for supporting us on anchor.fm.com, Bajak and Brown, also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And Matthew and Bob, we were actually discussing our Facebook listener question from last week. Uh, Matthew, who did you vote for? Of course, that was when we had the discussion of Derrick Rose versus Grant Hill. Barring injuries, who would have had the better career? Yeah, well, I think uh, barring injuries, uh, uh, it's a real hard choice. Um, uh, but, uh, for me, I went with my heart and I went with Rose. Um, but the thing is for me, I still remember seeing Hill, um, <coughs> pre injury, uh, and, uh, he was amazing. Um, he really, really was amazing. And I know that he was supposed to be the next Jordan since he came in, what the 94 season was when he was uh, drafted from, uh, from, uh, your, uh, team. Uh, from uh, Duke, um, and uh, Jordan had just retired for the first time, and so he was supposed to be the next right. Ed Jordan, and he was really, really great. I, he was like a pre-LeBron, um, but at the same time, um, for me, I watched Rose when he played at Memphis, and then I watched him uh, prove me wrong, um, since I'll say <laughs> this, that I was 
that I was one of those morons who wanted Michael Beasley uh, to be our number one choice, not Rose. Um, but he uh, proved me wrong, and I loved him since his uh, first year. Uh, and really, I am still, uh, um, and really, I am still an uh, ardent uh, defender when it comes to Rose, um, because I think that all he wants to do is play. Uh, and uh, play the uh, best that he can. Um, so, uh, so uh, really, um, with the roster that Rose had with the Bulls, uh, I think all that they really need. Um, sorry, I think all that they really required to win a championship uh, would have been a real shooting guard. Um, yeah, I think we're just, right on, on agreement with that, Matt. And it just uh, stinks that the nearest we got was uh, Corey Brewer, you know. Uh, yeah. Sad. And Bobby actually missed <laughs> Oh, Bobby. Bobby, we were missing, we were missing the, uh, the listeners' Facebook question of the week last week was Grant Hill or Derek Rose, who would have had the better career uh, subpar injuries. And I believe, Bobby, did you, did you choose Grant Hill at that time? I did, uh, based okay. on my observations in Mama B. That's right, and he told that good story. And, of course, me being a Duke guy, and I love Grant Hill, but I also went with uh, Derek Rose. So, listeners and viewers of on Facebook and Instagram, we do have the poll results. We really appreciate your uh, Facebook uh, you know, inboxes and the posts to the question and also the numerous texts. So we had, looks like, guys, we had a total of, 30 people vote, and it looks like it was a landslide for Mr. Derek Rhodes. So we had 24 to 6. 24 to 6 vote for Derek Rhodes. I just want to shout out to those six. (laughs) What was that, Bob? Shout out to the six who's on my side here. And that may have came from Mama Bajek's clan. That may have came (laughs) from the movement. I think there's some inside jobs going on here. Oh, it could. It could. That, was the, that leads us to this week's poll question or listener question of the week on Facebook, which again was brought to you by our faithful listener, Jason O'Neill out of Council Bus, Iowa. And he posed the question, uh, Matt, we talked about off air. Who was the better point guard? Uh, two guys are certainly will be in the Hall of Fame soon. Steve Nash or Jason Kidd? Matthew, I'll start with you. Who would you choose between Nash and Kidd? See, uh, for me, just on a uh, straight up, uh, sorry, um, for me on a straight up on court performance, uh, I think it's really, really uh, close. I mean, with uh, Steve Nash, you've got all the fantastic artistry on uh, the shot that is. Uh, really only compared to with, you know, a uh, Miller or a uh, Curry. Um, uh, but uh, at the same time with the kid, you know, uh, the guy was a really amazing defender. Um, the guy had all those assists as well. You know, the guy could shoot the three. Um, uh, but for me, see, yeah, but for me, I think that I go for the whole uh, package here. I think for me, I go for Nash um, because uh, Nash. See, uh, I really think that Nash wins um, in terms of uh, being 
you know, the guy. I said that uh, knowing the fact that the kid won a championship, uh, meanwhile, Nash did not. Uh, but then again, at the same time, uh, I think Nash really played a part um, in how the league has changed. Um, because Nash Absolutely. Would, They're huge role. Uh, because uh, Nash would... Uh, I mean, uh, Nash would run in front of a guy like Roy Hibbert if um, the Suns were uh, playing. Uh, I mean, if the Suns were playing the Pacers, uh, you know, he ran up against Roy Hibbert. The guy ran up against uh, Ben Wallace. The guy ran up against Shaq. Uh, um, I mean, uh, there was no fear uh, for that small guy. Uh, there was no fear to just you know, go and uh, try the floater, try the layup. Mm-hmm. See, I mean, I think once he uh, tried to dunk, um, but outside of that, you know, there was no fear at all. Um, and I know that we saw him just uh, run around like the Energizer Bunny all game. Uh, and really, I think the only thing that slowed him down was his uh, lower back. Absolutely. I, I want to credit Matt Bob for that, or maybe our first and our hopefully our last Roy Hibbert reference on the Bayjack and Brown. <laughs> Moves up and down podcast. Bob, what would you say between Nash and Jason Kidd? Well, just before that, Roy Hibbert, he was one of the best players for a couple of years and just fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen somebody um, just lose value so quickly. And part of it is just because he's slow and couldn't stretch out the floor. But that's another story. Um, I'm in agreement with Maddie Wells here. Nash is a two-time MVP he helped revolutionize the game with um, pace and space offense. Great shooter. Um, Jason Kidd did go to the finals twice, but we have to remember how trash-ass bad the East was those couple of years. And no no offense, you know, like to not trying to denigrate what he did, um, he, he made a Herculean effort to get a bad Nets team that basically this Kenyon Martin was the second best player. And then like, really, who else is on that team? Um, so, but, you know, when they went there, the Lakers and – the Spurs made short work on them both times. Um, I think Steve Nash had the better team, better players, but he played also the tougher conference and uh, just some bad injury luck and maybe some bad calls. What what people want to look into it might have prevented them from getting to the finals. But Steve Nash, I do think that just how he revolutionized the game gives him a slight edge over the great Jason Kidd. Guys, I feel like in that, Excuse me, and that and that topic that um, you guys are both Chicago Bulls fans, and in comparison to Dennis Rodman, could control control the game, rebounding and not scoring a point. Just in our era, I never saw another player like Jason Kidd that can impact the game just by rebounding and leading his teammates on the floor by getting putting them in a position to score. My only example, guys, is that I, I know Steve Nash is a great player. But the fact that the Dallas Mavericks went on to the finals twice without him and then won a championship without his services, uh, maybe a total detriment after he went and chased the bag like so many other players are criticized for doing now. He ran and went for the, went, went for the money and left Michael Finley and Dirk and Whiskey high and dry. Guys, this is my biggest point, though, is that you talk about the trash-ass East. But, Bob, remember, one of our favorites, Stephon Marbury, was in New Jersey. And they were in the lottery getting Kenyon Martin. And in one season, Bob, Jason Kidd took Kerry Kittles, Keith Van Horn, and your favorite Luscious <laughs> Harris to the NBA Finals, Bob, with a team that in two years before 
got the number one pick, and then the next year, I think, won 20 games. Oh. So I know damn well that Steve Nash could have never brought a team in the East or the West from the number one pick and then 24 months get them in the NBA Finals. I'm going to go with Jason Kidd hands down. And right now, folks, it seems to, on our Facebook uh, listener question, either Nash or Kidd, it's very close. <clears throat> so early, we want to thank you, of course, for our, our past guests, now Brockman for voting, to Brian Floyd, Will Solomon, and Matt Fetter, Isaiah Parks. It looks like right now Steve Nash is up. Uh, or actually, no, he, yes, I'm sorry, but Steve Nash is up. So he's up seven to six in the voting so far Woo! via text message. And so it's a pretty close race. It's time to talk some more next move, guys. So now we are going to go to Bob's hero, his preseason NBA champion, his Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, guys, Matt, can you start us off? What are your thoughts? Of course, we know that there's a lot of uncertainty in Milwaukee uh, with Mike Budenholzer. Uh, of course, there's some questions after the playoff disappointments. Matt, what do you think is in store for the Bucks? Uh, well, uh, one, uh, I really think the first thing really has to be sign Giannis. Um, and then, well, that's uh, two years two. away now, Matt. We got to focus on this summit. I think that's. I'm not going to buy into that narrative the media's putting out there. He's he's got to play out his contract. Okay. They, they've got 11 free agents right now. Okay, uh, then uh, you know what? Uh, use all that. Uh, See, uh, then uh, go ahead and use all that free agent uh, cash. And uh, should they just go get his other brother from LA, the younger brother, <laughs> so that all the Giannis brothers are being in one place? Oh, they definitely need see, to do uh, that. See, yeah, uh, I see. No, I think just straight up sign Van Vliet, um, because then you uh, take away. Oh. Uh, Ooh, uh, because then you take away excited. one of the huge. Uh, I mean, uh, really, you uh, take away one of the huge, uh, uh, one of the huge opponents, uh, um, uh, as well as a team this year that I thought that there was a really nice chance that they would that they would repeat. So, yeah, I really think you just say screw it. Uh, you uh, give Van Vliet what he wants, uh, and I say that because with Eric Bledsoe, uh, when the guy was on fire. Uh, the guy was great. Uh, the guy was the right sort of point guard for for the Bucks. But when he was not on fire, then he was worse than uh, who you called uh, Vincent Price. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, the guy was this, just uh, straight up. Yeah. Uh, I mean. That's Paul George. Yeah, we, we got a couple of Vincent Prices there. James Harden, they, they're all backup roles. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, really, I think with uh, Bledsoe, he wound up uh, being more the Suicide Squad version of uh, the Joker um, rather than the Heath Ledger version. Um, uh, he was Ooh. not very good, uh, as well as he really doesn't have a shot. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, sometimes he shoots well from three, but outside of that, he's not really uh, the player that they need. Um, and I think Van Vliet, uh, I mean, I really think that he's uh, all set to go. And for me, I saw him in uh, college because that was when Wichita State was still in the Missouri Valley. So uh, I saw him uh, play in uh, Carbondale a few times, and 
and I saw uh, Carbondale's hopes and dreams uh, vanish really, really quickly in the 2015 Arch Madness because because uh, I think the SIU was uh, down by about eight uh, by about eight or nine points at halftime. And then Van Vliet just uh, came right in and uh, killed uh, SIU uh, for the last half. And, Matty, yeah. I think you make a great point there because I, I, I've never heard anybody mention Van Fleet to Milwaukee. But if they're able to make that work, Matt, I think that's genius because I don't know if Bob agrees. He could be kind of a – maybe they're not a guy I, I've talked about before that should never let go was Malcolm Brogdon. And Van Fleet and Brogdon, he might be a better version of Brogdon. Uh, Matt, now they or Bob, they have the Bucks have their entire roster on the free agency. Bob, they have Robin Lopez, Wes Matthews, Kyle Corver, Pat Connaughton, Marvin Williams, Sterling Brown, and I'm um, looking at somebody else. I think Frank Jackson, Frank Mason, all free agents. Uh, essentially, everybody but Giannis and Middleton is up for grabs. Bob, what should their next moves be, and should they do anything with Mike Budenholzer? Is he the right guy? Um, I was reading a report, fellas, um, from NBC Sports. Kurt Heelan said that Budenholzer is returning. So, I mean, it makes sense for them to do it during, again, during a pandemic and maybe want to give that squad one more shot because just the bubble, not having home court advantage, having that long layoff could have thrown off the rhythm. I do not think he's the right guy. Uh, I do admire what he's done he did some good years with the hawks made a team of overachievers get to the eastern conference finals before lebron smacked him down and if you look at this team i i do love what he's done with some of the young players and especially Giannis, making Giannis a transcendent player but what you see time and time again in these playoffs he, he just comes up short and there can be certain small adjustments like all of us we know basketball but we're not experts like he is but Something that educated fans or reporters would know would be, why don't you play your stars more minutes, or why don't you, mm. you know, be, play a little more aggressive on defense with certain zone mixes? And you know, he's just not really doing that. Or, and it just makes me question his leadership. Like, if he's one of those, I want to pay fealty to the system, kind of like what Mike D'Antoni does. D'Antoni is a smart coach, by the way, uh, our listeners. He's not returning either to the Rockets. He, he, he does some innovation mm. in the game, but is that enough where maybe he's not good at the, the micro, like he's good at the macro, the macro of the season, getting them in good position, but he kind of struggles when it comes to the playoffs. Um, the, what, they don't really have that much to maneuver, guys. They're against the cap again. They would have to go into it. One way to get some flexibility is to uh, pay Irsan Ilyasova off. He just has a partially guaranteed contract. They do have some dead weight coming off the books as well that they were paying off. Um, it, it's going to be difficult. Um, they, they might have to let Kyle Korver go. We're all fans of him, but he played a smaller role, so he might go as well. But they're kind of cash-strapped with some bad money. Like George Hill, he's a nice player, but what did he do against the Heat? He's got about $9.6 million next year. Brooke Lopez is signed for a lot of money in the future. Like next year, he's making about 12.7. And then Eric Bledsoe has all this money. You might swing Chris Middleton to blow it up and try to get other players in. But how much is that going to change? Like he's a really good player, but who are you going to get back in return? Giannis does need somebody else that can lean on him, especially if people are going to wall him off in the 
in the playoffs, their biggest thing might be to shed some of the dead weight guys, hope some young guys come in, whether it's from free agency or, um, you know, the draft, and then maybe just work in the gym with Giannis because he's got to at least even have that 10, 10 foot jump shot to spread him out a little bit. Well, remember, Bob, too, he was saying during the pandemic that he didn't have access to a hoop. I'm not going to get into that story again, I, but I that's even, for another day. I, I don't even know that, Theus. He, I, I know you, Matt, and our listeners know he signed a four year, $100 million contract. And he's $100 million. Oh, and guys, he's only. 25 years old, he's going to get a, a, a contract that's going to be about two and a half times that amount. How do you not have a hoop? And my second question is, his brother is also on the team? His yeah. brother his brother Thonis is on the team, right? Yes. So there's two NBA players that live in one house. I'm assuming a younger brother uh, who plays for the Lakers in G League is not there. but So you got you probably got at least Giannis is $25 million. His brother's million dollars and that's 26 million and no hoop but but Steph Curry can go to to wherever and build a hoop and go to the state for God's sakes anyway guys I'm going to try to move through the east pretty quickly here we're getting close upon our break uh we were talking about Steve Nash earlier he's the new head coach of the Brooklyn Nets fellas Matt uh they have the 19th and 55th pick the New Jersey Nets fellas have a couple free agents uh looks like it is our favorite one of our favorites Joe Harris Garrett Temple, Wilson Chandler, and uh, Thomas. Do you see the Nets making any major moves? Should they trade Karis LeVert for another big-name guy like Bradley Bill, or should they stay put? We'll try to be quick with them. Uh, well, uh, I really think that they should uh, stay uh, put. I say that um, because, uh, really, I think that they are completely set uh, when it comes to the roster. Uh um, and I said that because I really liked how uh, Jared Allen played and I liked how uh, Karis Albert played. Uh, and the thing is, they uh, were the stars throughout uh, throughout their one round in the playoffs. And they were not playing with their huge free agents of uh, Kyrie and uh, Kevin Durant. And for me, I want to see them play with those guys first. Uh um, and I really think that the only way that you make a change for Brooklyn at all uh, would be if it comes to the trade deadline and the team's a few games above 500 and it's like, okay, uh, clearly uh, this right now is not uh, going as well as we thought. So, hey, you know what, let's uh, try to flip a couple of these lower tier guys to try to get, like you said, uh, Bradley uh, Beal or – uh, that or someone from out west, say a Devin Booker, uh, you know. Um, but I think right now the smartest thing for them is to stay the way they are. Bob, any thoughts about the uh, Nets? Well, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what Steve Nash does. Um, we're kind of disappointed again that um, a coach of color didn't get the first crack at it. But we do think that Steve Nash has a great basketball mind and him consulting and having a relationship with Kevin Durant, I think would be key because again, you'd need to manage Kevin Durant and Kyrie, making sure they're happy. They're, they're going to be the field to run that engine. Uh, Matt brings up a good point. If, if you would package Dimwitty and Levert, the money would be close to matching Bradley Beal and you'd probably have to get filler. But the, the thing you would have to do is try to extend him. And again, I mean, that might be a short term thing for them because they're paying so much money to, 
Durant and Irving and, you know, even their friend DeAndre Jordan is getting 10 million. I don't know what he does for them, but, uh, you know, <laughs> And, and Tyrion uh, Prince is getting, uh, you know, about 14 million next year. I mean, you could move some of these young guys uh, to get somebody like a Beal, but I mean, it would be advantageous to extend him. They might have to pay a lot of tax to do it, kind of like what Golden State was doing for a few years. It depends what their owner wants to do. But um, Matt's right. I mean, you you have new leadership on that team, and those two guys coming back. It, I, it depends what they want to do. I mean, they could either go big and trade, shake up the team and get another star in, go big three, or they could just stand pat and just hope that uh, KD is going to be cash money again. Because, I mean, remember the last time he played, he was carving up the Raptors, and if he were healthy, they, the Warriors would have swept him. That They've is true. And I think After three games, the I think the Raptors would have waved a flag. That's true, <laughs> and I, I think they should stay pat. Uh, guys, I think that from what the Nets showed us pre-Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, that was a scrappy team that was, wasn't even healthy without Karis LeVert. I think that Karis LeVert is a, a strong third player. Yes. And I, I just feel like with the eye test that, of course, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant will need their shots. Getting a Bradley Bill will only take shots away from them, and that will mess with chemistry. So I think that should stay put, as Matt and Bob already said. And I think DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen – are a strong force in the middle to hold down to be rim protectors. And Joe Harris is one of the elite shooters in the league. Gentlemen, moving on forward, I'm going to go to kind of back in the East. We're staying East with the Orlando Magic. Uh, they The only viable draft piece they have is a 15th pick in the draft. Looks like they have some free agents, Evan Fournier, DJ Augustine, and MC3, former Rookie of the Year, Michael Carter-Williams, and James Enos. Matt, what is your quick – it's a quick take on the Magic – Anything they can do to improve, or do they wait for their other players to improve? Uh, I think that they owe Markel Fultz. Uh, yeah, I think they owe Markel Fultz one more season to uh, try and to, uh, to uh, try and really uh, prove himself. Um, and uh, really, outside of that. Uh, I can't say that I'm really that impressed with you know, with the way that Orlando is uh, built. Um, and for me, I'd like to see them uh, try to bring in a star. Um, I really think that they need a star. And uh, I don't mean like a player who played really well on a great team, uh, like say Van Vliet, uh, but I think they need a sure star. Uh, I mean, no, like a James Harden or something like that. In zero way am I saying that you know, James Harden is you know, going to leave uh, Houston, but um, uh, I really think they need a star. Uh, you know, they really need someone where they can go, uh, okay, uh, he's our guy. Not like, oh, yeah, uh, here's uh, – not like where it's uh, – like they got right now with Aaron uh, Gordon where it's like, oh, yeah, he's our guy because, well, that's really all we have. Um, right, right. So uh, they really need to make some uh, drastic changes. I mean, I like Steve uh, Clifford. Uh, you know, I think he's a nice enough uh, coach. Uh, and I like Markel Fultz, and I believe in Markel Fultz, and I believe in uh, Gordon for what he provides them. But they they really need a straight-up star. Uh, you know, they need to be bold, and they need to pay someone 
150 or 160 million. Bob, like Matt spoke on there too. Do you think that the Magic should wait on some of these young pieces they already have? Uh, as you know, if Jonathan Isaac can get healthy. We spoke off air about the big fella Mo Bamba. What is your take on that, Bob? I mean, I do think they're in trouble. Evan Fournier has a $17 million player option. So do you think he's going to opt out in the market or do you think he's going to take that? I think he's going to take that back. Oh, I mean, he's – again, I, I, I'm not as good as these athletes, dear listeners, but, I mean, he's like a $5 million player or, like, lower. I mean, he, he doesn't do that much for you to, to win. And, of course, he's going to take that. I don't begrudge him. He and his agent should be proud – Negotiating that. I mean, Evan Fournier, Matt Bob, doesn't even plan his own Olympic team. So if a guy, if somebody's gonna give him seventeen million dollars, damn. Maybe, maybe, maybe less than five million. I don't know, but I mean, with with that bag off the table for that team, there, there's gonna be less money for them to maneuver. Um, you're still paying Timothy Mozgov. They did a stretch provision of him. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rewind that. Did you say that name again, please? Timothy Mozgov, <laughs> the one. See, LeBron might oh, be the goat, guys, because he gave. He gave Tristan Thompson and Timothy Mozgov and uh, Matthew Delanadova big bag. J.R. Smith too. When we like J.R. Smith. Timothy Mozgov's not in the NBA, Bob. <laughs> He's not, but they're pay- they're still paying him, dude. They're paying Bob, him. Bob is Timothy Mozgov with Vincent Price right now. Oh, oh, he definitely is. Well, he was really good five years ago, and then I think after that he fell off the face of the earth. That's another. I, you one. know what, listeners out there, if you could, maybe that's going to be our our. Uh, <laughs> Our Bob subplot of the day because Matthew brought up Roy Hibbert, and he and Bob just brought up Timothy Mazda. I might as well talk about Sagana Jacques or somebody. I mean, Kwame yep. Brown. What the hell is going on? Here? Well, I think what's I think what's going to happen, guys. I mean, Michael Carter Williams, DJ Augustine, oh, these uh, underwhelming guards. Put some respect on his name, the former Rookie of the Year, Michael Carter Williams. They, they have they have to let those guys go, and I mean, they might want to try try to flip somebody i mean aaron gordon again uh he's just a, an athletic player who's a good defender but he he still hasn't um gone to that level to be an offensive force but he's the type of player who could be a really good uh three or two for a competitive team maybe they flip him because at 25 and um two years left on the deal at about 34 and a half million that's not that bad of a contract so they, they might have to do that whether to get draft capital or maybe some younger players um, and maybe just not sign some of these margin guys and try to look to see if there's guys in G league or other more promising free agents out there. I don't know. It, they're kind of hurt you guys, not just with that opt in by Fournier uh, just Jonathan Isaac, who is starting to play very good basketball, just getting hurt. They're going to pay him seven point, almost 7.4 million to rehab. And then after that, they got to decide what they want to do. If they want to give him a long-term contract, I mean, I wonder if they're going to give him a pillow contract of um, two years and approve it kind of thing. But I don't know. They have to make a decision on him. And it would be foolish when he was playing so well to just give up on him. And then if he finally gets healthy and he blows up on another team, I mean, it'll show just the magic continue to be cursed since they let Shaq go. I'm sorry, fellas. I'm laughing off the air because one of our listeners, we want to give a big shout-out to Jason O'Neill with Council Bus Iowa. He brought up an obscure player, Hassan Tabit, yep. who was the number two pick also in the NBA draft. But he, we could throw him into the mix. Fill out, Buzz, I'm going to round about over to the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers. And we had a we had an off-the-air, fellas. This is kind of a uh, 
a non-relevant question. To, but in the Pacers, of course, Paul, we were talking about the Invisible Man earlier, Paul George. And Danny Granger, if you guys remember, there's another obscure name, huh. Danny Granger. Uh, yeah. We had a listener off the air say that Danny Granger was more of an offensive weapon than Paul George was in his career. Um, now, fellas, I want to get your take quickly on that. If you remember, and we went to our experts, so me and this off-the-air listener went to our mutual friend who was a diehard Pacer fan. And I'm going to reveal what my, the diehard Pacer fan said in one moment. But, Matt, what's your take on that? Just a quick off-the-air thing. Danny Granger or Paul George offensively? Shoot, uh, you know what? For me, I'd still rather have uh, George than uh, Granger. Okay. Bob, what do you say? Danny G was in rap song. Uh, I go go with him. (laughs) But the thing is, uh, (laughs) Paul George is so much more (laughs) of a player. Uh, so much more of a relevant player than uh, Granger was. Well, hold on now. Now, Danny Granger, he would have had a Paul George career and probably better if he didn't have – I think he's about to preach, Matt. I think Bob's going to preach here. I am. I'm getting on my injury. Just get on that pulpit. I'm going to just bang it and keep on banging it. If he didn't have the (laughs) bad injuries, I mean, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Well, Bob, our, our listener off the air, so our Indiana Pacer expert, and I'm going to give a shout out to the, the listener who brought that up again with Jason O'Neill. Our list, our uh, expert Dan did say that Danny Granger averaged 25 a night two years in a Ooh. row. Ooh. And yep. he did. And I'm, I'm just rehashing it, Matt. Now, Danny Granger didn't make the All-Star game, I think, once or twice. Unfortunately, their careers kind of peaked and twined at the same time as soon as Danny Granger was coming down and George was coming up. And so we never got yeah. to see them you know, tweak or parallel together. Uh, but for a guy to average 25 a game, you know, with no other help, you guys remember, he had Roy Hibbert on that team before Roy Hibbert became an all-star. He had my guy, TJ Ford, and Danny Granger was against uh, your Chicago Bulls. Well, yeah. you remember, Jermaine O'Neal was gone. Jermaine O'Neal was gone, uh, Matt. Uh, that was one of the worst yeah. trades in history when they traded Jermaine O'Neal for my guy, TJ Ford. And which the was, game was one of the most horrendous yeah. trades ever. Theus, like more than 10 years ago, the game was more physical too. Like you still had people clogging yeah. the paint and he was he would slash in there. Like he, he did have a good mid-range, but I mean he would attack the hole just like what Russ and um, a younger D. Rose did all the time. So I, I'm going to go ahead and admit when I'm wrong, folks, but I'm going to admit to our listener, Jason Neal, that he was correct. Uh, our listener, uh, our expert in the Pacers, did say that he thinks that Danny Granger would have Danny Granger would have had an equal or better career and was a better offensive player than Paul George. Fellas, these guys only have two relevant free agents. Really, one is Justin Holiday, your former Chicago Bull. Uh, we we were plexed, Matthew. Me and Bob were shocked, kind of stunned during one of our episodes. We found out that Nate McMillan was relieved of his duties, um, and you know, especially Bob and. Listeners, with all the injuries that the Indiana Pacers had, not having Dante Sabonis, and now also that same insider for the Pacers for Bajic and Brown told us that Victor Oladipo is really making a lot of rumblings, but he wants out, so he Ooh. may not return. Wow. Uh, and that's just late breaking news. That's what our insider told us, that he hears that Oladipo wants to be traded and does not want to play there anymore. That's why he had that subpar showing in the bubble. 
Uh, they did, of course, and they did not have uh, who I mentioned, fellas, Jeremy Lamb. So you were missing three starters there from your regular rotation. TJ Warren, I don't think, can sustain that for 82 games. Uh, Matthew, what do you think quickly in a short break? We've got to do a couple more teams in the East here. What do you think the Pacers can do? And who do you think is a good option, Matt? Who do you think could be a good coach? Would it be Dan Tony? Would it be a Jason Kidd? Who would it be? See, uh, really, I am not surprised that. Uh, see, uh, I'm not really surprised that there are uh, that there are grumblings from uh, from Oladipo, uh, um, and really, I think they might just want to blow it up, um, and then revolve the new team around Sabonis. See, a trade while he's healthy, since right now he is. So uh, trade him while he's healthy. Um, uh, and then just rebuild the team around Sabonis. Um, I think you uh, trade with one of the uh, teams that uh, is there in the top five, and I think you. Uh, and I think you send. Uh, uh, and I really think you send uh, Oladipo there. Uh, back to uh, pull up the uh, draft order again. Uh, uh, shoot. Yeah, and that's something I didn't do, fellas. I, I didn't see what pick they had. I do apologize for my lack of prepping there. I didn't oh, see what oh. pick the Pacers was at. Oh, oh. In fact, I uh, have that here. Right there was just on a new window. So, yeah, and I let's really just remember, you're, you're listening to Basic and Brown Hoops Up and Down podcast. We're here with our special guest, Matthew Wells. Remember, you can listen in on anchor.fm, Bajek and Brown. Also, remember, listen to our poll question, listener question of the week on Facebook. Who is a better point guard, Jason Kidd or Steve Nash? And then, listeners, we thank you again for getting us a new affiliate. Of course, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast Podcasts, Radio Public, and our new affiliate folks, Owltail.com. Not Oxtail, Owltail.com. You can listen to Basic and Brown. Manny, did you pull up their pick there for the Pacers? See, uh, yeah, I've uh, got the draft lottery results, and I'll uh, say this, that the uh, team that I'm uh, staring at right now, uh, sorry, um, the team that I'm staring uh, that I'm staring at right now who should uh, be the one that the Pacers uh, make the first call about Old Depot should be the Hawks. Um, I said it because I know that you and I had a conversation a while ago about uh, John Collins. Uh, and yeah. uh, I think that, that he would make a good replacement for Miles Turner. And I say replacement because I'm not sure if Miles yeah, Turner uh, is uh, going. Uh, I mean, is uh, going to stay a Pacer much longer? He's going to be so, with Roy uh, Hibbert soon. Don't worry, he'll be with Roy Hibbert soon. See, uh, so I'd like to see uh, John. Uh, so I'd like to see John uh, Collins and. Uh, Perhaps that number six uh, pick uh, go to the Pacers for uh, Oladipo. Wow. Um, uh, because the Hawks, they really need a wing. And the thing is, uh, Oladipo is a wing, as well as uh, he can play really great uh, defense. I think him paired with I think him paired with uh, Trey Young, paired with uh, Capella, paired with, uh, paired with the remainder of those Hawks guys, yeah, I really think they could uh, make a run sooner rather than later. Um, uh, and as far as the uh, Pacers go, then uh, that just builds 
uh, I mean, right there just builds a front court full of a bunch of uh, stretch forwards, and uh, they still have Malcolm Bragdon, and uh, he should only improve. Um, and then they take whatever they can get from uh, T.J. Warren. Uh, I mean, if that winds up where he winds up being the new version of uh, Danny Granger, then that's great. Oh. So, uh, but if not, then for a year or two, if he's like at 20 points per game and then he just sort of falls off, then uh, perhaps they uh, get rid of him. So, yeah, but Absolutely. So, yeah, but I think there's a real serious conversation that to be had um, uh, between the Hawks and uh, the Pacers. And listeners, let us know what you think. Leave your comments in the voice messages on Anchor.fm. Also in the comments on Facebook, Bezik and Brown, and Instagram. Bob, what are your thoughts on the Pacers? Matt does have an interesting point. I mean, if, if you would do that, that would help move some money, especially – I mean, you got to get something from Victor if he's not going to resign after – uh, the 2021 season. And I mean, he's been hurt. He's a great player when he's healthy, but he's been hurt, not really helping the Pacers that much the last year and a half. If Warren continues playing at least close to that level, he was, and, you know, Brogdon's a fantastic player and you have Sabonis, that might be a good, um, you know, a good combo to roll with. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have a first round pick. So if uh, they could get a first round pick from a trade with the Hawks, besides a player, uh, that was mentioned by Matt, that that could be beneficial for them. It could maybe help them get over the hump. Now, the one thing to worry about with the, the draft pick is that this draft is kind of weak compared to other years. I think 2021 is supposed to be a stronger one, uh, but maybe if they were scouting really well, maybe they found a diamond in the rough who who could be that next star player. And fellas, thank you again. We, are, we got to our last team in the East, fellas. The the tradition, the famous Boston Celtics, the Leprechauns. Uh, what are they going to do, folks? I know they're still in, and that's what we're going to talk about briefly next up. Uh, but definitely, guys, again, we're going to come back next segment, the third segment. We're going to talk about Bob's favorite, Luka Doncic. Bob's going to tell us what kind of fish Luka was catching in Malcolm, Nebraska. <laughs> and listeners, if we're, if, you, if we're hitting on your favorite teams, let us know. Leave those messages. Let us know what you and what you think about the coaching carousel that's going on. We've got a couple empty spots out west. Billy Diamond is gone. Bob already mentioned that Mike D'Antoni uh, is probably talking to Danny Granger and Jermaine O'Neal in Indiana right now about where to move to. <laughs> so, and fans, we got our story today brought to you by our favorite neighbor, Camille Camille Rose. Last week, folks, we talked about Dr. Dre's wife. And Bob, as Bob mentioned, what the, what kind of damn Netflix is she watching for $120,000 a month? Folks, we're going to talk about Kanye. And we're going to talk about people using the bathroom outside in public. Wow. So stay tuned for our third segment, folks. Remember, go to our, our listener question on Facebook. Steve Nash or Jason Kidd, who was the best point guard? If you got any more obscure names for us, we've had Hassan beat. We've had um, the Sagana Jap. We've had uh, Roy Hibbert reference. So if you got any more obscure names or references from the – it's almost Halloween, like mummies come out of the tomb, <laughs> let us know, folks. Listen to Ben Jacob Brown, Hoops Up and Down Podcast, Episode 13. This is our Vincent Price, Invisible Man Number 13, Paul George episode. Stay tuned. Welcome back, folks, for our third. I keep cracking and saying with some of the drinks, some more water or coffee or tea or all three. Welcome to the third and final segment of the Basic and Brown 
Hoops Up and Down podcast. This is episode 13, September 16, 2020. Me and Bobo are joined by Matthew Wells, sports writer, reporter, and editor. Uh, we're titled this episode, Next Move, speaking about all the eliminated playoff teams and what they will do next in the NBA future, futures from their coaching carousels to free agent moves and the NBA draft. Bob, we had some interesting names come in from our viewers. I'm sorry, viewers on the Facebook and our listeners on Anchor.fm. Also, our new uh, affiliate, Altail.com. We continue with the obscure names list, Bob. We had a Jimmer for debt reference. Woo! Someone put in Rusty LaRue. Uh, we had a, a, a two Michael Oldwood Candy references. I just like I just love his last name. That that's probably why he got the first pick. Wow, and we yeah, I mean it's an ordeal. We can long. Uh, we had a couple of names come in, Bob. We of course caught. We had a current player, maybe the only current player, Bowl Bowl. They dropped his name there as well. That's a great name, Son of Manute. Uh, some more obscure names, Bob. We had a of course yeah, we got a Sean Bradley in there, Bob. Ooh, uh, Space Jam reference. in Chicago. What was that? Space Jam reference. Space Jam in Chicago. We also got a Daquan Cook. Oh, man, I, I got to drink more water. I sound like Britney Spears at a, at a Iowa State Fair. I got you. I got you. I think we, and while we, 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 we got we, another crazy one, Bob. We got a Joe Alexander. Do you remember that name? I do not see. I think I think our our listeners are be- one upping me on this one. Well, I think our listeners must be have Folgers in their cup later. I mean, they're coming up with names that <laughs> I, I remember Joe Alexander, Matt, because he was a early entry in the dunk contest one year. He was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks, and I believe he was one of the first or only uh, descent. I think his mother was uh, full Japanese, and his father may have been Native American. Oh, wow. But he was actually in a dunk contest, and he wasn't that prolific of a game dunker, so that was interesting. But, Bob, we're going to continue on uh, waiting for our special guest again to rejoin us, Matthew Wells. We also want to thank our listener-generated question of the week from Jason O'Neill in Council Bus, Iowa, Matt, uh, with Steve Nash or Jason Kidd. Now, fellas, I got I got a question. Well, this is, our, of course, last week, uh, Matthew, thank you for rejoining us. Me and Bob talked about Dr. Dre. Um, unfortunately, he's going through something that affects and impacts a lot of our lives and our families, which is a divorce or a spousal settlement. This week, uh, Bob, Bob, have you ever won any awards in your life, any any uh, banners or anything? Um, I've, I've gotten a couple awards for my journalism, yes. How about yourself, Matt? Have you ever won any awards or got any uh, any trophies on the shelf there at home? But, uh, yeah, I won a uh, – I uh, won a first place, and I won a third place, and I won an honorable mention uh, at COD for my uh, sports reporting. And then, uh, um, and then a few months ago, I found out that I won fourth place for the – yeah, I think uh, here in this state it's called the uh, Illinois Press Association. Nice. nice. See, I won a fourth place for an obituary story that I wrote about 
the former mayor of uh, the town of Sycamore, Illinois, who uh, died. He uh, died in uh, December, and I got to talk to um, the town's. Uh, see, I got to talk to the city manager uh, for the town of Sycamore because uh, um, he uh, started to work with the mayor when uh, he was just an intern. Um, as well as awesome. I got to talk to the current mayor, as well as I got to talk to a couple more guys. Um, but yeah, uh, those are my awards. So, <laughs> now, sounds like. Now, have you guys ever been that. so? That's a lot of stuff, man. That, that is a long plethora. The only thing I've got is, I think, six second place trophies from the uh, Hoop It Up tournament in, in Omaha and Council Bluffs in Kansas City. So nice. we, we can never win the whole thing, but. Uh, Six times we got second place. I don't want to start getting my feelings, but anyway, have you gentlemen ever ever Shoot. been so upset, so upset that you wanted to take one of these trophies and just urinate on? <laughs> no. no, I don't know if I have. I mean, <laughs> it just sounds like we're getting some R. Kelly territory here. Yep. <laughs> well, again, Matt, and I'll rehash a little bit for Matt and Bob. Like last week, uh, and again, I give all credit to Carrington Harris. And the Harrison experience last week for the Dr. Dre lead. Uh, this one, I, I we give credit to our listener and our colleague, Camille Rose, Camille Kammer. Definitely give a shout out to her on Facebook and Instagram. Check out Camille Rose for a lot of funny TikTok videos and a plethora of social media uh, funniness. But uh, someone that's affected our lives, maybe you could call him the uh, next generation of Dr. Dre, Kanye West. Uh, has recently caught some some heat and some uh, bad press by posting a, a video. I won't get into the whole story. I don't want to get that deep, but he had some choice words for the uh, Grammys uh, creators and some things that they're doing. But he proceeded to post a video of himself, guys, on his Twitter account, uh, peeing on his, his Grammy that he won that he was given to by his colleagues and his peers. In the toilet. So I can just imagine, you know, Matthew Wells, a young Matthew Wells taking that College of the Page award or, or Bob Bajek taking his Nebraska Cornhusker trophy and putting it right into the toilet and, and going for a number one there. Uh, guys, what are your thoughts on this might be worse than Dr. Dre's wife asking for $20,000 for dial-up internet, cell phone, and email? Well, I mean, this is not a good look for him. We all know that he might have political aspirations. It's questionable why he's running this year. Some of it might be building his monetary brand, but he might also be building his political brand. He would be somebody who'd be a more serious candidate in 2024. Having a story like this definitely is not a good way to win voters. Matt, what's your take on it? Uh, I'll just say it straight up that he is insane. And <laughs> I say that knowing that there's a huge uh, push for uh, mental health um, and uh, that is great. But with uh, Kanye, I just have zero idea what's uh, going on. Uh, and I say that, you know, because, you know, he has his really illustrious rap career uh, where he's hailed as a genius and, um, but then he's got all this uh, crazy sort of crap uh, that he uh, gets himself into, and I have no idea how to make sense of it. Listeners, if you can make sense of it, 
us, please let us know in your Facebook comments or on Instagram. Again, we're speaking on our story of the week, uh, which is Kanye West peeing on his Grammy. So if you've ever been awarded something, a, a trophy, a ribbon, uh, a participation trophy, as they say, and you got so upset that you just want to pee on it or poop on it, definitely let us know. Feel free and drop your comments in. We're going to segue into the comments, folks, into the Western <laughs> Conference. Um, and we're going to talk about the... <laughs> we're going to segue into the most recent... Uh, of course, we spoke about uh, Bob's LA Clippers earlier, but we can move on to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Woo! Maddie, Oklahoma City, they have the 25th and 53rd pick. And they have a plethora, Bob and Matthew, of free agents. Your favorite, not our, your Vitas or my Vitas, but Daniel Galinati is a free agent. Andre Roberson, the stopper. The bus, Norland's Noel. I'm sorry for being critical. I won't do that again. And the former slam dunk champion, Hamadou Diallo. And we got, Bob, we got one from Maddie. His own is uh, Northern Illinois Husky at one time, Abadel Nadar is also a free agent. So shout out to the Northern Huskies. Uh, Maddie, what should OKC do? They should sign Dort, right? Whatever that kid's name is, hit the six threes. Let's see, uh, yeah, I think his name is pronounced uh, Lugent. So yeah, Dort, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, clearly, uh, I mean, uh, clearly they uh, got some uh, great sort of heist there from LA um, since uh, uh, since uh, Shea uh, since Gilgis Alexander uh, <laughs> I'm sure right now that LA is really really uh, huh. I'm sure right now that, that LA is really really mad um, at themselves I'm sure they lament that trade every single day um, uh, because uh, he will be very, very good for a long time, uh, and uh, he is such a strong piece for the Thunder. Um, that said, uh, they still have uh, Chris Paul for a year at least. Um, they have, uh, like we said, uh, Lugent uh, Dort. Um, uh, they've got uh, Stephen Adams. Um, they've got uh, Schroeder uh, for. Uh, uh, for at least another year, uh, um, uh, uh, and uh, really, I think that if I'm them, that I give this uh, group uh, one more year, and then see if they can uh, really, really uh, blow up this team. Yeah, see if they can uh, get some huge, huge star to join their team. So, uh, but I think right now, with the way that they are, I think I just say screw it and I re-signed uh, Danilo Gallinari because um, they found out that they loved uh, playing with him. You know, the guy played the way that he was supposed to play when he uh, came out as, uh, what, the number one or the number two uh, draft uh, choice when uh, he was uh, drafted. You know, by uh, the, the New Knicks. York Knicks, yeah. See, I, I mean, the guy was uh, playing the way that he was supposed to, and uh, he really stretched the floor for them. Uh, and uh, I would hope for for at least a small hometown at discount for uh, Gallinari um, since this uh, team, I think, is set up really well for a few more years. 
Um, now without a coach, which was surprising because uh, I thought that uh, Billy Donovan uh, would have stayed in that. Uh, uh, really thought that Billy Donovan would have stayed there. Um, uh, uh, but as far as the coach goes, you know, I think they go for someone like a, uh, I mean, for someone like a, uh, for someone like a uh, Teron Lou, because um, from what I've heard, that he's one of the only people to tell LeBron no. Um, and so I think if uh, he were there for OKC, in case there was any sort of uh, beat down between players of like, hey, you were supposed to do this, you were supposed to do that sort of thing. Uh, you know, I think he'd, uh, I really think he'd have the ability to tell them, no, shut up. Um, uh, that's your responsibility as well. Uh, Absolutely. Or, no, shut up. That's your responsibility as well. Uh, play like a team. That or Sam at Cassell. I would like to see him uh, receive a shot. You know, the guy's learned a lot from uh, Doc Rivers. And he uh, played uh, point guard in the league. And so I think he really has the ability to see the whole court. Um, right. Uh, I think it would be nice uh, to see him uh, coach uh, to coach a fellow uh, point guard like uh, Paul, as well as um, show him his rings. Uh, see if uh, Paul plays the same way that he played uh, this year. Uh, see if he plays that same way in a year from now. And that might be a good connection, Maddie, of course, too, because, you know, Sam Cassell was on the staff there with uh, Doc Rivers, of course, when Chris Paul played there. And so they do have familiarity. That was something that you mentioned too, Maddie, that I've heard just yesterday. I was listening to a Houston communist on uh, the Zach Gelb show, but he did mention that Sam Cassell was starting to get a lot of interest and they actually want to talk to uh, Sam Cassell about the head coaching job in Houston, which would be a perfect scenario. Bob, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the Thunder? I know you're a big Toby Keith fan. I know you go there and eat the wings there a lot. They, I think they're going to start shedding some salaries. They've been very competitive for a long time. When Durant and Westbrook were there, they were paying money. And then, you know, they got Paul George there. They were paying money, and they were still paying money now. Uh, the owners, their businesses, like the Rockets owner, got hit a lot because they have a lot of real estate and – um, hotels, I, I do think they're like, well, we got Shea, we have some other young talent here, D Darius Baisley, we've talked about him before, we think he's going to be a key player down the road, uh, Dort might be promising, uh, but I mean, maybe they'll flip Steven Adams, I mean, he's got one year left on his contract, he could kind of be like a Marc Gasol to somebody who needs size, uh, I think they might flip him, Um Gallinari, I think he's going to go because he's going to want too much money when they still have money tied up in other players. I mean, they want to start saving some of that cap to give a big deal to Shea. Um, I just think that – and they can't move Chris Paul because, well, I know every, it's kind of cute. People want to always try to trade Chris Paul, but just all the money he's making and he's not Everybody going hates Chris. <laughs> well, <laughs> nobody wants to uh, – I mean, is he going to give up his um, – almost $86 million to take a buyout. No, he's going to take all that money. So that's a really untradeable contract. So um, unless, unless they just decide to pay him all that money to walk, which they won't, I mean, he's going to stay there at least another year. So I think what they would hope to do is flip Adams, let 
Gallinari go and maybe see what you can do from there. Folks, remember you're listening to the Bajek and Brown Hoops Up and Down podcast. This is episode number 13. We, again, appreciate your the pouring in this evening of uh, obscure names. Uh, they're, they're keeping them coming, uh, Bob and Matthew. We got a Brevin Knight reference. <laughs> uh, so uh, we got Brevin Knight. We got four more names here. We got a Brevin Knight. Uh, someone poured in. This is really bizarre. I may be the only curmudgeon that knows this name. I got in a Skia Jones reference. Did it matter, Bob? Do you know who Skia Jones is? Our listeners are beating me again. Who, who is he? Our, we must have somebody in Manhattan, Kansas State. This is the most <laughs> obscure thing I probably ever said. A Skia Jones, actually, at one time, he may still hold the record. A Skia Jones hit 14 three-pointers in an NIT game, in an NCAA. I oh, believe wow. he scored 62 points. And uh, a Skia Jones, I think, I'm doing something because I was a small child. Askia Jones, I think, had a cup of coffee with the Los Angeles Clippers and the Minnesota Timberwolves. His father was Wally Jones, oh, wow. uh, I think a former Globetrotter and also played in the NBA, great ball handler. But whoever's in Manhattan, Kansas, who said Askia Jones, thank you for listening from Manhattan. Uh, fellas, we also got our favorite. Uh, we got a Rafe LaFrance reference. <laughs> and then I think, uh, you know, of course – Bob, your guy up in Minnesota that we can't mention the pro team, your mentor, Joe Cortez, uh, will appreciate the reference of Chuck Person, the rifleman. Oh, I've, yeah, I remember him. Okay, fellas. And I, and I do apologize, Matty and Bob. I got off track there. I, I don't know why last segment I did I mentioned Boston when they're still in it. I was referring to Matthews Philadelphia 76ers. So we have to go into that debate. We were talking off air, fellas. They have a plethora of draft picks. Uh, the Sixers have the 21st, 34th, 36th, and the 58th draft pick. Um, and I know we spoke a little bit about this off air. Gentlemen, everybody knows the semantics. They are cash-strapped. Ben Simmons, over $100 million. Joel Embiid, over $100 million. Al Horford, who's basically an assistant coach, gets $100 million. I mean, maybe we should all go sign up and be the ball boys and get a, a hundred thousand. Uh, also, my man Tobias Harris is making more money than Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell combined. Matthew, uh, quick, I guess we can go quick here. Is there any hope for the Philadelphia 76ers? Yeah, I think there is. Uh, hope. I think there's hope because um, when it comes to Ben Simmons. Uh, he is one of the uh, he is one of the least accurate shooters who has had so much praise. Um, I say that because uh, you know that you don't really have to guard him from uh, uh, from the deep two. Yeah, uh, you surely don't have to guard him from three point. Um, he's not great at free throws. Um, and he's not the greatest uh, stopper. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, the guy plays well on. I mean, the guy plays well on uh, defense, but he's not like a Jason uh, kid. Uh, you know, he's not uh, gonna. So yeah, I mean, he's. Uh, I mean, he's not uh, going to stop um, the best uh, scorer on the opposing team. Um, uh, but anyway, though. Uh, uh, I mean, the guy has a lot of value, and I think he has more value away from Philadelphia. Yeah, I think he's got more value for a team like the Suns. 
because they've got uh, Devin, okay. cause they've got uh, Devin uh, Booker there. You know, um, let's see. I think he's got uh, more value on teams that have great shooters. So the Suns, perhaps the Heat. Um, uh, but yeah, really, I think it's just more value on teams that are not the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and uh, I would rather see Philadelphia rebuild with Joel Embiid than see them rebuild with Ben Simmons. Because I think Joel Embiid would make them uh, eat their hats uh, just out of frustration seeing him score at 28 and 12 somewhere else. And on a higher note, folks, of course, Joe Embiid is having a better season because, of course, who is on that coaching staff for the Philadelphia 76ers, guys? This is Roy Hibbert. Oh, oh. Roy, Roy Hibbert is on the Sixers staff. Oh, and that's and that's a true note, guys. He really is. Roy Hibbert was hired before the season. He has been, quote, unquote, working with Joe Embiid. Uh, so that that's on a, on a positive, on a serious note. That is a uh, good connection there. Bob, what are your take on the Sixers? I mean, I think I think we've talked about in previous ones. I do think they're a mess. Uh, Welton Brand said that he wants to make Embiid and Simmons to work, and I mean, he's probably saying it for two reasons because they're both great players and still fairly young. But he's kind of both stuck with their contracts unless he concedes a lot of his draft capital. Now I'm wondering if it's possible to trade Harris and or Horford, but you'd have to probably give up a lot of those extra picks and maybe picks in the future, but that's only going to be good for um, someone who's very forward looking and they have enough space in their cap where even if they're on the bottom, they could absorb those contracts. I mean, that's a way for them to really do anything. It's it's going to be very difficult. I mean, probably the Al Horford, contract is the worst contract at least for a team standpoint and the best for a player whoever al horford's agent is he might be a better agent than the great um (laughs) great agent from baseball i'm forgetting his name right now it's horrible um but but i mean you're talking about uh, scott boris yes oh he might might be better than the scott boris because i mean or david david Al Horford. Get, get, he had like 32 million guaranteed, fellas. He he had the audacity to opt out and like, wow, he's gonna get like a minimum contract. He got four years, 109 million guaranteed when he is 34 years old, and it's an old 34 because he's banging in the post. Show me the money, Jerry <laughs> Maguire. Jerry Maguire is his agent, fellas. Bob, I gotta, I gotta stop you now, Bob. We got a couple viewer and listener, Maddie. We got some listeners. I'm just gonna throw these out there. I'm not, I don't need a response, but we got some crazy opinions here. The, the listeners are saying swap Levine for Aaron Gordon in Orlando. We've got a, we've got a, uh, somebody wants uh, Tobias and Embiid traded for Giannis. I see that from the listeners. Bob, I got a hedge though. You, we're throwing that word around great a lot. Why Why are, in your opinion, Bob, why are Embiid and Ben Simmons great? What makes them great? I just think – I don't um, agree. Well, part of it, you can't coach athleticism and, and height, and they have both of it. And they've both shown flashes that they have um, – that they're skilled. They're both skilled players. Now, Ben Simmons, he's skilled with passing um, and defense, uh, but he doesn't he, – you know, offense, maybe he's not as, as much, obviously – but, you know, he's really good when he rolls to the basket or he's on the break. 
Embiid, he's just a complete player. The, the one thing that you worry about is his conditioning. And again, I wonder if some of this is a maturity issue. His conditioning overall this year was a lot better, though I do think that unfortunately the pandemic threw him off a little bit because he was working out. But you know basketball shapes a little different than just lifting weights. Um, it, if he just watches what he eats, I think he could get to that level that Shaq and Chuck are keep talking to him about. I got two things for you, Bob. He did that every night in the playoffs, and they still gave him the respect. He went in there against in the playoffs, and he did average those numbers that Shaq and Barkley craved for while they sit behind that desk and TNT and get fatter themselves. Um, <laughs> uh, secondly, Bob, none of those things make him beat or Simmons great. Again, they still struggle with – people can say whatever they want about the Kawhi Leonard shot. They still got beat. They had other chances to win. Sure. Um, and Bob and Matt, Zach Levine can do a 360 from the free throw line. Nobody calls him great. He's the most athletic human being in the league. So none of that, I feel, makes, you know, uh, Embiid or Simmons great. I just need to see more. Uh, again, as I said, we got Matt and Bob here and me. And Ben Simmons made just as many three-pointers as we all have in the NBA in his first three years. And how many is that, Bob? That's a, that's a big, fat zero. Yep. And listeners out there, of course, you know, and Matt and Jason and everybody listening, Bob's famous quote that three is more than two, but folks mm-hmm. also two is more than zero. So anyway, I won't get into that. But Ben Simmons is great, but he hit zero threes in two years. Moving on, fellas, I'm going to move forward. Uh, we're again, we're listening to Bezik and Brown Hoops Up and Down podcast live on anchor.fm, Bezik Brown. Also, we thank you for listening to us on all the Google podcast outlets Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and our new affiliate, Bobo, Altel.com. Not Oxtail, Altel. Like, woo, out. Sorry, I got excited again. Folks, we're <laughs> going to move on to the next team. Uh, we, we talked about the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to talk about Dame Dollar, him and CJ. But Maddie, we got some problems in Portland. We got Dame Lillard and CJ talking on Twitter, even though they're sitting home too like the Clippers. But we got some serious Frazier problems. The man we all love, Carmelo Anthony. Do they keep him? Do they let him go? The big fella, Hassan Whiteside. Uh, he is also a free agent. And we've got some smaller pieces, some guys that helped them during the regular season that we didn't see during the playoffs. The big fella from Purdue, Caleb Swanigan, and Mo Harkless is also a free agent. Terry Stotts is probably secure. Maddie, what do the Blazers do? See, shoot. Uh, really, I think that they should do the same thing that I did when I played with them in NBA 2K. Um, uh, do, yep. Uh, what they should do is they should trade Whiteside, uh, um, and uh, they should roll with Yosef uh, and Nurkid for the remainder of uh, the time that he's with the uh, with the Blazers. And I say that because with Whiteside, yeah, you know the guy's a great uh, defensive uh, player, and uh, the guy's real human highlight reel when it comes to those uh, blocks. Um, but for me, I'd rather have the all-around guy. And uh, Yusuf Nurkic is that all-around guy. Now, yes, the guy had that horrible, horrible uh, leg injury, uh, what, a year and a half ago? 
Um, but the thing is, he uh, came back, uh, and I think this following season that he's going to be stronger. Uh, I think he's uh, going to be way stronger, uh, as well as the fact that with Lillard, you know, uh, he's the guy. So all the attention is on him. Um, when it comes to Carmelo, yeah, you know, I think that I actually uh, keep uh, Carmelo as long as uh, he doesn't try to get like uh, 20 um, million uh, for this following season. So, yeah, I think I uh, keep him if he's okay with being paid five or six million. Um, and I said it because he's showing himself to be a nice role player. Uh, and I think at this point in his career, that's all he should be. Um, mm. see, uh, now, uh, beyond that, um, I think really the uh, talking with Lillard and McCollum online is really just uh, talking crap. It's really just uh, talking crap uh, I, I, I mean, against the other teams. Um, and uh, I think they're united. Um, so, yeah, I don't see any reason for the Blazers to trade uh, their main uh, cogs. So, yeah, I see no reason for them to call or to accept a call. You know, unless they Bob, what, like, what is, uh, Joel Embiid, you know, straight up for C.J. McCollum, uh, I don't see a reason to uh, take a call. Yeah, that is a tough one. Bob, what are they going to do in Rip City? Uh, they're going to let some money come off the books because uh, Whiteside's a free agent. He was making $27 million. Um, He played well enough to probably make at least half of that, maybe more, in the open market. As, as we know, centers are kind of depressed in the market. But, um, I mean, he's going to be too expensive for them to keep. They're paying big money to CJ and, and Dame, which is more than half the cap. Um, the good news is they could – um, cut Trevor Ariza. He has only like 1.4 million guaranteed out of 12.8 million, and he gave them nothing this year, so they're going to let him go. Um, Rodney Hood is going to probably do his player option for six million, um, and I do think they're going to keep Carmelo. The Blue Devils. Oh, sorry, I lost control. <laughs> they're going to keep. Uh, I think they should keep Anthony because you need some scoring. You need a, some names to draw the fans in the stands. Uh, he's going to be reasonable in a contract. I mean. They might, if, if they really want to shake up the team, guys, I they would probably have to trade CJ McCollum. Now I don't know where oh! you, I don't know where you would trade him to. I mean, you again, somebody's got to have the players in the cap space to make it work. But um, I mean, you're not going to trade Dave. But if you really want to shake shake up the team, you'd have to sh- trade CJ. Well, I know why you're saying that, Bob, because you have the utmost respect for the Duke Blue Devils and Gary Trent taking over that role. Oh, yeah. Ooh, he, he played very Woo! well. I know, I know sometimes we joke about the Blue Devils, but, I mean, they're a great, great, great program. and he, The five-time national champions. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. We got a Michigan State fan. I'm sorry. Man, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to bring a Michigan State in there one ring. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt, where's Mateen Cleaves at? Is he still in the league? Oh, sorry. Excuse me. So, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, man. Yeah. I didn't mean to talk about your Michigan State. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I just think that um, – they, they Are they playing football, football in the Big Ten? I'm oh, sorry. That's a cross reference. Sorry. <laughs> they, um, <laughs> yeah, I just think that um, they're going to let Whiteside and Ariza go, and maybe they shop McCollum. doesn't mean that he's going to be traded, but they might look. 
Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no Michigan State players on those teams, so we'll continue on. Uh, oh, oh, the Utah oh, Jazz. Oh, uh, <laughs> can I say one thing? Yes, sir, absolutely. Uh, can I say one thing? Uh, you can say many things. Here's my uh, late uh, comeback. My late uh, comeback is that uh, Mateen is uh, playing with Jay Williams. Ah, uh, playing one on one with Jay Williams. Oh, oh boy! I'm gonna leave it there. And all the, and all respect to the, and all respect to Tom Izzo, because you did in the career of Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. So I'll leave all that alone. I have nothing else to say. Okay. Uh, moving on to the Utah Jazz. <laughs> Moving on to the Utah Jazz, uh, Maddie and Bob, looks like they have the that looks like the twenty third pick in the draft. They don't. We talked a little bit off air. I know you guys talked about Conley and his possibilities there. Um, what do you guys think? Was that is that Gobert uh, Mitchell combination going to work, Matt? Uh, you know what? Um, for me, I still like it, but I think I like it just because I've—I uh, mean, uh, just because I've uh, always liked the uh, Jazz. Um, yes, uh, regardless when they were going against the Bulls, I still liked them. Uh, um, uh, but I think from just a uh, business uh, standpoint, and then from the fact that they're trying to win a championship. Um, uh, I'm not sure if those two players should be the ones where the core is around. Uh, I mean, uh, clearly, there's zero shot that they would trade uh, Donovan for anything, and especially following the uh, postseason. Uh, I mean, those great games against uh, Jamal Murray, but um, uh, but uh, really, if they wind up in the sort of position where it's like okay, well, we've got uh, Donovan and we've got uh, Gobert, and that's really it. Uh, you know, uh, we you know, we have the ability to make the uh, fourth seed, the third seed, or the fifth seed, or something like that. And then they might have the ability to go to round two. You know, I think perhaps you trade uh, Gobert. Like you trade Gobert and you go with the younger guy. Um, and, um, and I'm not just saying that you just uh, straight up trade at Gobert for some small thing. Uh, no, I mean right. like you trade at Gobert for a huge, huge uh, package. I mean the guy's won what the defensive player of the year three times. Uh, he probably uh, deserved it. Absolutely. This year. Um, so uh, four-time defensive player of the year as long as the vote went the way it was supposed to. You know. I mean you're getting to the uh, Kimbe status did. then, Bob. Amen. You're right. Uh, very, very true. Um, uh, in fact, at that point, you're at uh, Ben Wallace status as well. Um, and I think with uh, Gobert, if you were going to trade him, uh, I mean, if that's um, the uh, trade, I mean, if that's the trade uh, deadline for the 2021 season, uh, I think you have to make sure that you get some high-end draft picks. And so, sorry to say, but... See, uh, but if he does not stay with the Jazz, then I think he goes to a real shoddy team. Yeah, you know, I think he might uh, wind up with like uh, Chicago, or he might wind up um, with a 
uh, with a team like the Magic, or he might wind up with, or he might wind up with like the Kings. I mean, I'd rather not see that, but you know, um, the Jazz would have to make sure that trade was worth it. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I think if they were going to make a move, that they make a move to keep uh, Donovan. Um, and they uh, try to get someone, you know, if that's a small forward, if that's a power forward, you know, they need to have someone really, really good to justify any huge move. The thing is what uh, Bob had said earlier before about Mike uh, Conley, uh, like, yeah, he's got the early termination um, thing, but he's also got, what, uh, 33 or $34 million owed to him. So he probably stays in Utah one more season. Uh, so really, I think for this, for this off season, uh, I think they keep yeah go better. There's no reason to trade them, but but in case of the trade deadline or you know uh, right beyond that, you know perhaps they try to sign and trade and try to get someone else. But I think for course, right now, you keep the team the way it is. And of course, they are coached by the former Duke Blue Devil assistant Kirk Schneider. Uh, I'm sorry, Quinn Schneider. What do they do, Bob, in Utah? Well, like we said, Mike Conley is going to opt in 34 and a half million reasons why. And he's the type of guy, you know, I'm a big fan of Slam Magazine. But um, as you know, Theus, I know you like him off the court, too. He's very eclectic. He has his businesses. And I do think that, you know, maybe even after next year, he might think about retiring and just running those businesses, being with his family. But aside from that, you know, that's going to limit your cap space for the next year. Um, Rudy Gobert, you know, it's possible they might want to uh, flip him if, if they really want to shake up the team. He does have a movable contract. It's one year, uh, $26.5 million. You know, one team that could do that who really needs a big, and I'm not going to take credit for this, um, the great voices of the Damon Radonkowski show, um, they said that it's possible that maybe Gobert – gets traded to the Warriors if they maybe do Andrew Wiggins because the contracts match up, they would get Yikes. a young asset who's a good wing for longer control for about, what, three or four more years control. Um, maybe Golden State gets a draft pick too since they get less control. So maybe maybe that works out. Um, and that, that could be the Golden State's gamble to get back on top. Um, again, this is pure speculation, but that's one that would work just with money and maybe asset-wise – um, I, I don't know. I mean, Jordan Clarkson, he didn't really bring that much to the team, guys. I mean, he was $13.4 million. Uh, maybe they could even get some other middling uh, free agent or maybe use that uh, for some extension money for Donovan down the line. But um, just the West is so hard. Uh, oh. does make them play very hard. The fans love them. But, I mean, at the best, th- this team how it's constructed is just a second-round team. So, they might want to just divest some of the assets and just see if they could just roll into the playoffs to at least get that extra bonus money. That is true, Jules. I really don't have a take on Utah. Uh, uh, you know, I think that they have a nice core. I think they're missing something. I like Joe Ingles. I like a lot of their solid role players. Uh, Royce, uh getting a young man's name, Royce, whatever it is. But, uh, Royce O'Neal. Yeah, I don't know. I think O'Neal. Royce O'Neal, yeah. They're just kind of stuck where they are. Um, like I said, hopefully we'll see what they do. Again, it's Benjamin Brown Hoops Up and Down Podcast. 
uh, continue to pour on your relevant, irrelevant players. And also our listener question of the week on Facebook, Steve Nash or Jason Kidd. Gentlemen, we're winding down towards the end. We got about two more clubs out west. Uh, gentlemen, we're now looking at the man of the hour. Too sweet to be sour. Bob, who thinks this man is more athletic than LeBron, better than Kawhi. Luca. Luca Doncic, <laughs> gentlemen. And the Don, this is Bob's favorite. He's been waiting for this for one week. The Dallas Mavericks segment, Maddie. Uh, Matt, we got the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and I thought, sorry, gentlemen, we think Rick Carlisle is probably consistent, even though they have not won a playoff series since they won the NBA title in 2011. That's a long uh, That's a long Yeah, that's, that's getting close to your Cubs drought. I mean, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I attacked Matty early and I had to attack him, and the listeners attacked me. This is just Hard a chain ass. reaction, folks. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So the, we think Rick Carlisle was safe, folks. Maddie, they got a lot of free agents, and I'm sorry, guys, I don't know their draft pick, but they've got a ton of free agents here. Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, one of the all-time favorite little guys in the league, Jose Barrera, uh, Willie Colley-Stein did not do much for them coming over in Sacramento, uh, the Vagabond, the Nomad, Trey Burke, who can score, uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, my God, the former number two pick in the draft <laughs> somewhere on their roster, and Antonio Cleveland. Uh, any thoughts about I know with that with a healthy Porzingis, Maddie? Uh, what can uh, Dallas expect? Yeah, you know, uh, for me, I am really, really excited for the future of the uh, Mavericks. And I say that because um, following, um, uh, um, uh, allowing Steve Nash to uh, go uh, back to Phoenix. Uh, Mark Cuban finally has uh, Mark. Yeah, Mark uh, Cuban finally has the duo that he wanted then, uh, mm-hmm. um, and they uh, as well as the duo that I think that uh, really wound him uh, awake with uh, tears in his eyes at four a.m. Uh, to think about wow. what might have been with uh, Dirk and Steve Nash. Um, because uh, Doncic, I mean, what, what the guy just turned uh, 21, and uh, he's already uh, one of the top three NBA players in the league. And uh, I will say that with Whoa. confidence. Whoa. I'd say Whoa. that he's already one of the top three or four NBA players in the league. Um, and Yikes. I uh, cannot wait to see what he can do for an encore to this season. Because, I mean, really, he went up from, what, uh, 21 points per game last year to 29 points per game this year. The the guy had – I mean, I know for a fact, without seeing the stats, that the guy had at least uh, 10 or 15 triple doubles throughout the season. Absolutely. Um, And the fact that now they have a completely healthy Kristaps Porzingis I can't wait to see the Mavericks win at least 60 games. Uh, Maddie, Maddie, I got a problem. I got a problem, Maddie. Chris Tapps hasn't been healthy his whole career since about the first two years. He's sure. had repetitive injuries. So what? What is that? What if he's not healthy? What can they? Should they resign Tim Hardaway? What? How can they get another consistent second or third option? 
Well, I think as long as they can get Hardaway for a smaller deal, and uh, really I think they can. Uh, I mean, it's not like the guy's uh, 24 still. Um, uh, I think if they can sign him to like, yeah, 10 million for the year or something like that, or like a 20 or 22 million for the next uh, two years, I think they go for that. But then outside of that, you know, uh, I think that that they should just be real confident uh, in the fact that they've got uh, Doncic, they've got Porzingis. And for me, I think I'd roll the dice here um, because I would love to see I mean, uh, I would love to see what uh, Doncic and a healthy Porzingis can uh, do this next season. Uh, uh, yes, I know. Um, uh, the leg injuries, you know, uh, for a uh, big man can really spell some uh, terrible things for the future. Yeah, but remember with uh, Joel Embiid for his mm-hmm. first, what, uh, two and a half years, you know, the guy was – uh, I mean, the guy might as well have been rolling around in a wheelchair, you know, because <laughs> uh, because his lower legs were so screwed up uh, and his Absolutely. feet. But, you know, he's actually got some stability. So I think really the main thing, the main change that I make with the Mavericks is that I make sure that I have the very best uh, trainers, the very best uh, doctors um, who will specialize uh, in uh, legs and, and feet and in yeah, ankles and all that to make sure that Kristaps uh, is just fine. Um, because really, uh, the guys, uh, the guys really as near as we have to a uh, to a young Dirk. Uh, and I'm not saying Great that answer. he'll be. I'm not saying that he'll be like uh, Dirk uh, because I hate that. Uh, when you've got a young player and he scores, you know, great for a few games, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he's a brand new Jordan." No, I think that's really, really dumb. I, you know, I think you should enjoy the players while they're there. You know, enjoy them for who they are. You know, don't try to judge them if it's, "Oh well, he scored 25 points last year, so he reminded of so and so Hall of Fame player, but he's only scoring 22 points, so you know he sucks." Um, right. Uh, yeah. No comparison. Uh, uh, but really, though, just for the Mavericks, I'm really excited, and I'm sure that uh, Bob's really excited. Bob, we only got 14 minutes left. We could do this segment. I know you want to take 11 of these for Luca. Go right <laughs> ahead, sir. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not going to add that much. I know we're uh, strapped for time. I agree with everything you said. You want to make sure that your players are healthy. If you guys remember, Luca was getting some ankle injuries as well, and a couple times he fell down. I'm like, oh no, did he, you know, tear? and Achilles or tears ACL or something. And if they keep those two healthy, they'll be fine. Um, quickly, I think they let Courtney Lee go. He was making almost $13 million. So then maybe Why does Courtney Lee have a job? I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, with at least that money cleared, you could maybe get somebody. And, and we were talking about Whiteside. Um, even if you pay him a little more, uh, maybe 15 to $20 million, maybe he wants to sign a two-, three-year deal um, with them, and then you can make them bigger. Um, cause if you have Chris stops and Whiteside, a good defender that, that could help. Cause Maxi Kleba, he's kind of, oh, yeah. I mean, a small ball five, but I mean, if you go traditional five, you're going to get eaten alive in Boban. I mean, he could get you some points if you need it, but he's not a good defender cause he, you know, he doesn't move that well. So, um, you know, that can maybe be an option to shake up the team a little bit. I got a weird question quick, but can Taco Fall be as good as Boban? And that's a real relevant question. 
he could maybe because as since he's not so big, um, maybe maybe his joints don't take as much punishment as Boban. Um, I mean, it, it depends. It, it, it's just really hard because when you get to a certain height, you get diminishing returns. And, um, you know, like Boban, maybe 20 years ago, he would be one of the best basketball players because we know everybody just played played in the post, dumped it off there. But in this type of game, you know, it's just harder for him to uh, use his size advantage. And even guys like George Marison that had pretty productive career, maybe short, but, he, you know, he was a kind of a guy that gave it 10 and 8 with three blocks or – Manute was a shot blocking yeah. machine. Bradley, I think that's the thing people forget with the guys that size. And Matt, people don't remember. Little younger people don't remember, but Bradley had a horrific knee injury his rookie year. But I think Sean Bradley's career would have been a lot different had he never got hurt. Um, guys, we're at our last team here in the West. We are the in the Mike D'Antoni list, Houston Rockets. Uh, fellas, of course, they're missing their head coach. A lot of speculation there with the two superstars. Harden and Russell. Looks like they have not any big contributors. They got one big name free agent, Austin Rivers. We also got Tabo Stefalosha, Matt Wells' favorite, the 19-year vet, Tyson Chandler, Bruno Cabaco, and Jeff Green. Guys, I know there's so many questions, so much on the social media. And, I mean, Maddie, what do the Houston Rockets do? Uh, well, uh, really, let's see, uh, really, I think that uh, Austin Rivers will uh, uh, will stay since he's got the player option. Um, uh, 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 um, and then I think outside of that, I think they re-sign Jeff Green because the guy, uh, because the guy was a nice role player is. Well, it's the fact that I don't think that he's going to command a lot at all on the open market. Yeah. Um, and then outside of that, I think uh, they really need uh, to go uh, big if they can and uh, try to uh, get a third guy. Um, and I don't mean a third score. Uh, no, I mean like a. Let's see, uh, you know, I think they could use a white side. Um, because the Rockets really needed the uh, defense to show up against the Lakers, and they. Failed. I like that, man. I like that. Uh, um, and uh, the thing is, with Whiteside, you know, he's not a twenty-eight you know, point you know, per game guy. Uh, you know, the guy has not at any time in his career um, uh, been that sort of guy. I mean, sure, with the Heat, they threw it to him because he was really one of the only guys they had who could score. But I think with Russell and with Harden, you know, I think that he'll just uh, play his role and he'll play it really well. And uh, I don't think he's going to take the shots away. And then beyond that, you know, I think you need to have, say, uh, you know, a great 3 and D player. Um uh, take the uh, small forward uh, spot. They, they kind of have that already, don't they, Matt and Robert Covington? They kind of have that role. True, but then again, with uh, uh, with uh, Covington, uh, perhaps they move him to the four, and he plays more of a PJ Tucker role. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I, Bob, now we we did mention earlier uh, that uh, I can't remember my exact source, but. Sam could say even before the Clippers were eliminated, his name was gaining a lot of traction after Mike D'Antoni left last week. What are your thoughts on the Rockets and possibly Sam Cassell rejoining the organization that drafted him? Uh, 
Cassell would be very, very good to get on that team. I mean, he could speak guard with um, arguably their three top players, Harden, Westbrook, and Gordon. Um, I mean, you have those guys locked in, Tucker, Covington. You might want to just maybe let a lot of these guys down and, like, improve on the margins again. Like, um, we know Cephalosha, Chandler, and Green, and Damari Carroll couldn't get off the pine in the playoffs. You might just have to get rid of those guys. Again, I know you need them in the regular season, but maybe you could find other guys who could also contribute in the playoffs. I mean, when you when you go that short, especially if your team is not that tall. Um, and I, I know Chandler's over seven foot, but, you know, he couldn't get on the court. It, but if you play short, you need a lot of bodies, I think, to counter that. Now, um, if Cassell takes over or another guy, they need to figure out um, what to do. Whiteside would be good. Again, they would probably have to move some money. Maybe they have to trade somebody like um, Gordon. Um, I don't know. I do think they like him, having him on the team, but I mean, he could be expendable if you get somebody who could score about 15 points and, uh, you know, plug up the post. Um, it just depends what they want to do. Now, uh, 538 had a good, interesting article about maybe trading James Harden. That is super radical. Maybe, yeah, but maybe they, they have something like that because I guess their argument is is that. Uh, even though Westbrook is the same age since he's smaller and he doesn't shoot well, um, his contract looks worse. But since Harden has, you know, high value, maybe they could get some draft picks and maybe some other players. But then you pivot. And the only reason why they suggested that is, again, Tilla, um, uh, Tilla Fertitta, he, he's losing a lot of money because he made his bones with uh, hotels. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they've been doing the luxury tax and it gets more uh, – you know, more penalties and the team hasn't gotten far the last two years to get bounced in the second round. So he might say, Hey, you know, I, I do love my team, but I, I don't want to have this diminishing return when we're not even making the finals. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, they might just have to hopefully let some guys go and get a free agent, or they might try to do something more radical. And folks, we're again, we, we're wrapping up here. We want to thank you again for joining us in this 13th episode of Bajic and Brown. Hoops Up and Down podcast. I would have to say with our special guest, Matthew Wells, this has been the most interactive and um, most uh, the most messages sent from our listeners in the show. This may be our longest show where segments have been longer because we had more content to cover uh, with the playoffs and the team's moves. We've had so many obscure names coming with Aretha's off the air. Remember, go to our Facebook question of the week, Jason Kidd or Steve Nash. Matthew, in closing, can you tell us where uh, tell our listeners on Anchor.fm and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter where you can be reached at? Are you are you on those uh, social media sites? Let's see, uh, yes, I am. Um, uh, my uh, handle for uh, Twitter is Matthew N Wells. Uh, uh, um, uh, None of, uh, of course, I'm just there on Facebook. You know, I'm friends with uh, Theus and I'm friends with uh, Bob. So I'm sure that you can find me that. Uh, I'm sure you can find me there. I say that because it's a lot easier to find me through their pages than it is to find me. Um, and then uh, outside of that, I'd just like to say one more thing. Um, since we skipped the Celtics. Let's see, yeah, saw- they're still in. Yeah, they're still in. Yep. 
Let's see. Uh, yeah, I saw um, the rumors that were saying trade uh, Chris Paul for uh, Kemba Walker if the Celtics lose this series, uh, and I think that's a uh, and I think that that's a whole bunch of uh, claptrap. Uh, and I said absolutely uh, because I think uh, Kemba Walker is the point guard who they need. Um, and I love the fact that he said that he's been playing horribly. I think was the word that he used. And uh, uh, and I think they need that sort of honesty, uh, and uh, I just love uh, hearing that from a uh, great uh, point guard um, that uh, Walker is. So uh, absolutely, man. He's shooting thirteen or forty-eight in the last three games. So that's definitely struggling. Bobo, in closing, where can the good people reach you at? I know you have a few social media sites. You have more followers than Roy Hibbert. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Bob Bajek, B-O-B-B-A-J-E-K, one word. And, of course, folks, you can follow our show here at on Facebook at Bajek and Brown. That's B-A-J-E-K dash Brown, B-R-O-W-N. Also on Twitter and Instagram at Bajek and Brown. And, of course, on anchor.fm. Folks, we thank you this week. We want to thank Matthew Wells for taking his time out to join me and Bob and look forward to next week, episode 14. Uh, we may not to steal from basketball by association. We may start naming our episodes for different reasons. This could have been the uh, invisible man, Vincent Price, <laughs> Paul George, unlucky number 13 for James Harden episode. Uh, definitely was a great episode made by Matthew Wells. Uh, anything in closing gentlemen? I just want to see if Bam could block your favorite guy, Jason Tatum, again. That was just incredible. <laughs> oh, boy. And Matthew, anything closing? Uh, see, uh, sure. Um, uh, for, me, uh, for me, I really think that this uh, series between the Celtics and the Heat uh, will go a whole seven uh, games. Uh, and I think that's because uh, the Heat are – uh, I mean, uh, the Heat just seem to be really, really quick. Um, and with uh, Butler uh, coming in and playing just the on-fire shooting and scoring that he's done, that is so huge. And then I uh, have a guy like uh, Bam Adebayo there um, uh, defending uh, Tice. And uh, defending, of course, uh, Jason uh, Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown. Uh, my God, will this continue to be a great series? Uh, and uh, really, I have no idea who wins. So that's a great take. Stay tuned. And stay tuned, <laughs> folks. Stay tuned next week for Bayjack and Brown, Who's Up and Down podcast, episode 14. Again, stay tuned for, and remember, folks, thank you for Camille Rose. Check her out on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And no ping on your Grammys. <laughs> if you get any awards, no ping. And remember, all hail to Roy Hibbert. Folks, be safe out there with your family. Be socially distanced. Stay positive, upbeat in this crazy world. And again, we're going to have the thing song from Invisible Man play when we edit this. Thank you so much, folks. God speak. God bless. Duke Blue Devils for life. Down with Michigan Spartans. State. Spartans. <laughs>